0: 745 on a Saturday. Time once again for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Morning, Jack. Good morning. How it, are you this time? I'm morning. doing quite well. Pretty excited because you kind of scooped this here a few weeks ago, but I just got the official word from our friend Ethan that uh, our trip to Sonoma next year is on. Right. <laughs> I'm excited about that. And a lot of folks on my last trip were asking about that, and I said, well, I'll let you know when I find out, and by well, golly, it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, those always wonderful trips, and I know my two sons that go on them, uh, Ted and Bo, just absolutely love them. And they're, one gets better than the other.
0: Oh, it's true. And those guys are such a kick to travel with. They really are. <laughs> it's too much fun. But what yeah, are we what are we going to chat about today?
1: We're going to chat about something I've never, ever talked about, ever, I don't think. And that is the third grape type in Burgundy. I've always told you that all the red wines in Burgundy our Pinot Noir, nothing else. All the white wines, are Chardonnay, nothing else. But there's a third grape type in Burgundy called Bourgogne Aligote, and uh, about 10% of the area reserved for Chardonnay is Aligote, and it's a separate grape type. It's very unusual, and the reason it brought it to mind as my son called me the other day, and he said he had a customer that was going to have crab in lime juice and serve it with sliced apples. He said, what would you have with that? I said, there's only one thing to have with that, Bergogna Aligoté, because Bergogna Aligoté has a nose of kind of apples and lime, and it has a minerality and a little saline quality, So it was, and it was a big, big hit. With this crab dish, that Bourgogne Aligoté. So it got me to thinking we've always carried it because it's a wonderful wine unto itself, but very, you know, it's just a small group of people follow it, if anyone follows it at all. Most of the uh, Aligoté is made to add a little bit of minerality to Chardonnay. And sometime, years and years ago, this practice has been stopped since, oh golly, maybe the 30s. But they used to interplant Aligoté with Chardonnay. Maybe every 10 grapevines or 12 grapevines they'd plant Aligoté. And then when they harvested it, those Aligoté added a little acidity to the Burgundy and a little minerality to the Chardonnay. Well, after the 30s, they outlawed that. Uh, and, well, they didn't really outlaw it, but they discouraged it and very few people make aligoté, but today there's a renaissance, and people are rediscovering aligoté. And aligoté probably is best known uh, for a drink, Cure. A uh, Cure is a drink that's an imperative very popular all over France, but it got its origins in uh, Burgundy, and what it is is creme de cassis, which is a black currant liqueur, quite good, and it's mixed perhaps one part uh, cassis to four parts aligoté to make a cure. And then they make a cure royale, which is the same thing, except it's made with sparkling wine. As a matter of fact, when you have a Cremant de Bourgogne, which is the sparkling wine of Burgundy, chances are that's about 30% aligoté, because they like it for that high acidity. A funny story about uh, cassis. One time I was being entertained uh, rather lavishly by uh, Mouton Rothschild, and the baron there absolutely loved cassis. He had a special patch of uh, those black currants in the vineyard that he harvested every year to make this uh, liqueur cassis, and it was his private stock. He didn't make very much, maybe three cases a year. Was all. And we were at this gala luncheon, and the Baron didn't happen to be there, but the person who was representing him got a little into their cups and decided he would go and tap the Baron's private cellar and have some cassis for us as an after-dinner uh, liqueur. Just the cassis, like you'd have a little drambouille or one of those after-dinner Liqueurs. And, well, lo and behold, we the group of us, I think there were probably 25 of us, drank, I think, three bottles of the cassis. Well, the baron came home, found out about it, and the poor little guy lost his job over being so generous with us with the cassis. But cassis is a very popular thing, and cure is a very popular aperitif. It's delicious, and they use aligoté when they make cure. Cure is named after... A resistance priest in world war uh two uh, it was in the underground uh perkir k i r and they he drank Kir all the time i don't even, can't even remember what they used to call it had a different name and uh thus the Kir was born and it's a very popular aperitif in France. And it's it's a nice aperitif here in the United States, too. We frequently serve cure, as we started a party in that. And cure, of course, uh, has diminished a little bit because of the popularity of rosés. But if you want to try something interesting, try a cure. If you want to try something very interesting, try cure royale. And like I say, if you're trying a simple cure with still wine, Aligote is the one that uses it. Well, in 1937, uh, the AOC of burgundy acknowledged aligoté which had a murky history up to then. you know it was used to make wine for uh, the vineyard workers or a house wine or for their own personal care but very few vineyards sold it today it's very very popular and uh, it's all aligoté is separate and it really is an interesting wine because it goes so well with so many different things. For example, if you uh, were grilling trout, any oily fish uh, would go extraordinarily well with aligoté. Uh, Something like a scargo with a heavy garlic uh, and the butter also goes very nicely with aligoté. Jambon persole, which is a ham in a aspic sauce with parsley uh goes extremely well with aligoté as well. Now those are all items that you find in Burgundy, you know, snails, uh jambon persillé, etc. But you know, uh, aligoté is planted in the areas where the chardonnay wouldn't flourish, the top of the vineyards, uh where they're kind of rocky and that is a good place to grow aligoté. I remember my friend Uh, (coughs) Rullo, excuse me, in Maresau, always was very, very proud of his Aligoté. And today, his grandson, who runs the vineyard, still plants about, oh, maybe an acre and a half of Aligoté in vineyards that could produce Maresau and demand a much, much higher price than that Aligoté has, but they kept it for themselves and close family friends. I was lucky enough to get a few cases every now and then uh, from them, because uh, the Aligote, is, is, he's so proud of it, and they, like I said, it, it's a financial hardship, because the Merceau goes for hundreds and hundreds of dollars a case, and the Aligote, they can probably get maybe $100, maybe $150 a case, so they get a third of what they would get for the uh, Merceau in the same area. But they're so proud of that Aligote, and it has such a rich family tradition of them making that Aligoté, that they continue to produce it. Another one is the Boissé family. Their Aligotés, I must admit, are some of the best I have ever tasted in my life. Now, Boissé owns a lot of different names uh, in France. Malmoussin is one, uh, Bouchard is another, etc. But their Aligoté they put forth on the Boissé label And I think it is an absolute stunner. It's always been my favorite straight Aligoté. And like I say, I made some new friends not too long ago when they had the crab with the lime juice served atop apples. Uh, The people that had it thought it was a marriage made in heaven. So today, everybody, even the domain Romani Conti has some property down in the village of Buceron. And there they make a Bourgogne Aligoté. Now, just imagine, here is probably the most expensive wine in the world. They get thousands of dollars a bottle for Romani Conti, for their Latache, uh, etc, And here they're making in Bouseran an Aligoté that they're extraordinarily proud of. So maybe we'll see a little more of Bourgogne Aligoté. I know they're planning some up in Washington State. It's sort of a cold—it uh, doesn't mind the cold weather, and you know it gets very cold in Burgundy. If you ever were in cellars there in November, et cetera, stomping through them, you know exactly what I mean. It's a penetrating, damp cold that makes our sub-zero days seem balmy by comparison, because we don't have that dampness. But that allegote is becoming more and more popular. As a matter of fact, uh, when I was decided to talk about this. This week there was an article in the New York Times on Aligoté and its newfound popularity. People are looking for new and different wines to try. Aligoté certainly fits the bill there very nicely. And, and like I said, well, it's never going to be as good as Chardonnay from Burgundy, in my opinion. But it's certainly a varietal that's worth uh, trying, and it has its place. I mean, there certain things that Aligoté would go better with. Than a very expensive uh, burgundy, and if you notice, all those foods I recommend with are basically simple, ordinary uh, dishes. uh, That uh, jambon persillan is like a head cheese. You know, it's sliced up and served like a cold cut for lunch, etc. And people that grew the aligoté and kept it nourished all through these years when it wasn't very popular did it so for their own personal enjoyment, because it certainly has a place at the table. And as I said, of course, it's very, very helpful in the commercial production of uh, Cremant de Bourgogne, which is the sparkling wine of Burgundy. So if you want to try something very interesting on an upcoming very hot day, it's going to be in the 90s today, why not try a little of that uh Bourgogne Aligoté? And certainly... You'll find it a delicious, unique wine, and maybe, just maybe, you might decide you like it well enough to leave out the creme de cassis or the black currant liqueur and just try the Aligoté straight by itself.
0: Ghana, you did find a whole new topic to talk about today. That's, yeah, you're right. You, I don't think you've ever chatted. chatted I've
1: never mentioned yeah. Aligoté. I think it confuses people. You know, when you say there's only two grape types in Burgundy, it, it, that's easy. That's easy to comprehend. Yeah. When you throw in another one, uh, you're you're throwing kind of a, a curveball. And But but it is a different wine entirely. And like I say, it, it was used previous uh, for blending. Uh, for, as I said, the Cremant de Bourgogne, and for other things, and very few vignerons bottled Bourgogne Aligoté. They're just starting now to do a little of it, and you're ahead of the curve if you try it.
0: Excellent. Can we find it at Haskell's? Oh,
1: indeed you can.
0: (laughs) Any one of the Haskell's.
1: At any one of the Haskell's, you can certainly find Bourgogne Aligoté. And uh, they'll help you pick a wine, no matter what you're going to have, whether it's Bourgogne Aligoté or a simple Chardonnay or something very elaborate like a wonderful Corton or a Chateau Linchbage. They have it at Haskell's. Haskell's are the wine people, and there's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen, Haskell's in downtown Excelsior, and Faribault right off of 35, our super up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. On Saturdays, we have free parking in downtown Minneapolis. There's the Haskell's at Minnetonka, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury as well. If you can't come into Haskell's, go to haskells.com or go to wccoradio.com slash wine, and it'll take you right to the Haskell's website where you can peruse our summer catalog. 24 pages of wonderful wines all on sale throughout the summer.
0: Great reading, Jack. And let's uh, let's chat again next week if you have time. I'm going to look forward to that, Denny. Thank, thanks so much. Jack Farrell from Haskell's will be back next Saturday morning here on CCO, about 745 for another wine chat. As I mentioned earlier with Jack, Uh, A lot of folks have been asking about our uh, trip to Sonoma, our wine trip we've done a couple of years ago, twice. It's a real fun trip. It's only about four days. We haven't put all the dates and times together, but I can tell you it's going to happen probably the early part of May of next year. So those that have been on the trip, a lot of repeat customers. But again, you don't have to know anything about wine. just want to have some fun. We'll give you more details. But that Sonoma wine tour is going to happen next year again.